All right, let's take our Bibles and turn to Psalms chapter 71. Psalms chapter 71. We'll give you just a moment to find your place, and then we'll read the Word of God and have prayer, and then bring the message the Lord has laid upon our heart. Psalms chapter 71 has 24 verses in it, uh, so for the sake of time, we'll do some selective reading, and then we'll bring the message. Psalm 71, begin reading in verse number 1. The Bible says, In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be put to confusion. Deliver me in thy righteousness and cause me to escape. Incline thine ear unto me and save me. Be thou my strong habitation, whereunto I am, may continually resort. Thou hast given commandment to save me, for thou art my rock and my fortress. Deliver me, O my God, out of the hand of the wicked, out of the hand of the unrighteous and cruel man. For thou art my hope, O Lord God. Thou art my trust from my youth. Look, then look at verse number 9. The Bible says, Cast me not off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength faileth. Then also look at verse number 17. O, thou hast, o God, thou hast taught me from my youth, and hitherto have I declared thy wondrous works. Now also, when I am old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not until I have shown thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll bless the reading of thy word. I pray the Holy Spirit now would help us, give us that touch that we so desperately need. God, I pray that you'll give us ears to hear what the Spirit would say to the church. And may you be glorified in all that will be said and done. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen and amen. I want to preach on this subject tonight, on when I've come the last mile of the way. When I've come the last mile of the way. When we come to Psalms chapter 71, this is one of the 35 Psalms out of the 150 that has no title. We do not know who the writer of this Psalm is. Some believe that David wrote Psalm 71. Others believe that Jeremiah wrote it. And some even believe that Samuel wrote Psalms chapter 71. We do not know who the writer is, but one thing is for sure. We know who the author is. This is the same author of every chapter of every book of this book that we hold in our hand, uh, the Word of God. We know that God is the author of it. But when we come to Psalms chapter 71, we also see that uh, the psalmist here uh, is in the walking years of his life. Uh, the Bible says that in verse number 9, cast me not off in the time of old age. Then in verse number 18, he said, now also when I am old and gray-headed. So it's very clear to see where the psalmist is at at this point in his life. We also know that this psalmist is a very godly man. That is the verse says in verse number 1, In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. So this is a godly man that is in the walking years of his life. He has now come to the last mile of the way. He is in the final stretch of life. And he has some things that he wants to say to us. You know, I thought about older people, the benefit and the blessing of being around them. When you think about older people, that uh, you think about their life and, and how that they've lived, that they're really wells of knowledge, full of the experiences of life. There's so much that we can learn by just listening if we'll take the time and listen to older people, what they have to say, their experiences. And as we look in Psalm 71, the same is true here that this psalmist here has much lessons that we can learn.
learn and we can draw from uh, from this psalm that he has written. I think about in Psalm 71, he talks about in the first six verses the trials of this godly man. As he says, In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be put to confusion. Deliver me in thy righteousness and cause me to escape. This is a man that even though he's a man of faith, he's also a man of trials. You know, just because we're saved, it doesn't mean we're not going to have trials. But this, this godly man talks about the trials of life in the first six verses. Then he talks about the troubles uh, of life. As he says in verse number seven, I am as a wonder unto many. He talks about in verse number uh, nine, cast me not off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength faileth. And so here's a man that is not only does he have trials, but he has troubles in life. The Word of God says in Job chapter 14 and verse number one, man that is born of woman is few days and full of trouble. We have trouble all throughout life. But I like what Jesus said when John 14 and verse 1 when he said, Let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. And here's a man that believes in God. And he talks about his trials. He talks about his troubles. And then he talks about his trust. Again, in verse 14, he said, but I will hope continually and will yet praise thee more and more. All throughout this psalm, there's one thing that you and I will see, and that is that the psalmist never loses faith. He never stops trusting God in spite of the trials, in spite of the troubles, in spite of the tears. He continues to put his trust in the Lord. And so he talks about the trials and the troubles and and the trust of a godly man. And then in verses 17 throughout the rest of this psalm, uh, we'll see the testimony of a godly man. You see, this man, his testimony is this, is that he still has his strength. In verse number 16, he said, I'll go in the strength of the Lord God. I will make mention of thy righteousness, even of thine thine only. In verse number 18, he said, Now also when I am old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not until I show thy strength unto this generation. You see, even though this, this man is in the walking years of his life, he, he has grown older now, he's grown more feeble, but yet at the same time, his spirit is stronger. He, he's talking about the strength of the Lord, not the strength of himself, but the strength of God. You know, that's the will of God for all of our life, that the older we get, the more stronger we grow spiritually, not physically. And so, uh, he, he still has his strength. He still has his smile. Look at verse number 19. He said, Thy righteousness also, O God, is very high. Thou hast done great things, O God, who is like unto thee. Here's a man that is not only strong, but here's a man that's still smiling. You know, I don't want to get, when I get older, I don't want to lose my joy. The Bible said the joy of the Lord is our strength. You know, I ought to make sure that the older we get, that we don't get disgruntled or, or gripey or complain or, or that we become a, a negative person that pulls down those around us. We ought to be the type of person like the Apostle Paul, who from a prison cell uh, talked about rejoicing the Lord always again. I say rejoice. We're talking about from a prison cell, been beaten with many stripes, but yet he's still got the joy of the Lord. You know, if Paul can be happy in prison, surely we can be happy uh, in our situations in life with all the comforts and the benefits and the blessings. And so the psalmist in the in his old age, he still has his strength. He still has his smile. He still has his security. Look at verse number 20. He said, 
Thou which hast showed me great and sore troubles shall quicken me again and shall bring me up again from the depths of the earth. In spite of all that he's going through, he still has his security in God, that God is going to deliver him. You know, in spite of all that we're going through today, we can look around and know that our our security has never been in this world. Our security has never been in the government. Our security has never been in the economy. Our, our security has never been in our own self and in our own sufficiency, or in our security's never been in what, in what we could do, but our security is in God. We look up that we might be reminded that God is our stay, that He is the one that will help us. He is the one that will deliver us. And, and this man realizes that in spite of his age, in spite of his troubles, in spite of his trials, he's not lost his strength. He's not lost his smile. He's not lost his security. And then I want to say his testimony is he's not lost his song. Amen? Look at verse number 22. He said, I will also praise thee with a psaltery, even unto thy even thy truth, O my God, unto thee will I sing with the harp, O thou holy one of Israel. Here's a man that still has his song in the walking years of his life. He's got victory. That song indicates joy, but it indicates victory. It indicates happiness. It indicates a man that, that is full of peace with God and with, 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 with himself. You know, even though he cannot control the circumstances in his life. He has been able to control his spirit because he's yielded that spirit to God. And I want to say, I don't want to lose my song. I want to be like this man. When I've come the last mile of the way, I want to have victory in my soul. I want to be singing the praises of God. Don't you? I I pray that as we come the last mile of the way, that, that we'll run our race and we'll run that last mile with joy down in our soul, with victory in our heart. And you say, well, preacher, how can a man be like that? How can a man have that kind of testimony and that kind of trust, uh, even though he's got the trials and the troubles of life? I'm going to tell you how. When you read Psalm 71 from verse number 1 all the way down to verse number 24, there is a thread of something, that there's a thread of truth, should I say, that runs through all 24 verses. The psalmist talks about it over and over and over again. I've already mentioned it in this message, but I can't not mention it over and over because it is really the the thread that, that ties these verses together, this thread of truth. You say, what is it, preacher? It's faith. And when we've come the last mile of the way, you know what's going to matter in life? Not how much money's in the bank, not, not the condition of our, even our health, not how many friends we've made, not how many accomplishments we've had in life. I'm going to tell you, friend, when we've come the last mile of the way, the only thing that's going to matter is the only thing that ever has mattered in life, and that's faith. God put such a premium on faith in, in Romans chapter number 10 and verse number 17. The Bible says, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If God put such a premium on faith that he said that that faith in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 1, he said, now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. But then in verse number 6, God said, but without faith... It is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Faith is so important to God that God said without it, you can do everything else, but you can't please me without faith. God said that faith in 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 4, and this is a victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. God said you want to have victory in life, you want to overcome this world, 
You're going to do it by faith. You want to please me? It's going to be by faith. God said your faith comes from the Word of God. It doesn't come from feelings. It doesn't come from circumstances. It doesn't come from emotions. But faith comes from the Bible. And here's a man that has his faith, is anchored in God. In spite of all that he's been through, in spite of all that he's going through, in spite of who he is and where he's at, in spite of his age, here's a man that has victory because he has faith. I want to say when I've come the last mile of the way, I want to have faith in God, don't you? I want to keep trusting. I want to keep looking up. And I want to look at some things here for just a few moments concerning this man's faith when he's come the last mile of the way. You might be here and say, well, preacher, I'm not old. I'm still young. Well, there's lessons to be learned now that'll help you when you get older. And my friend, in Psalms chapter 71, concerning faith, I want you to see, first of all, faith's cry in the first six verses. He says, in the old Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be put to confusion. Deliver me in thy righteousness and cause me to escape. Incline thine ear unto me and save me. Here's what I want you to see first of all concerning faith's cry. I want you to see that that, that faith has brought determination in this man's life. He said, in thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. How can a man be that determined when he's older? I'll tell you how. This is not the first time that this this psalmist has had to has had to put his faith in God. This is not the first time that he's had to trust the Lord. And because of that, faith has been put to the test so many times uh, throughout his life. And it has built determination. Because he has trusted God, he knows that he can still trust God. You've heard it said many times, a faith that is not worthy to be tested is a faith that's not worthy to be trusted. Here's a man's faith that has been trusted or has been tried and has been has been trusted now. He has put his faith in God and God has never let him down. And so we see the determination. We see the deliverance of his faith. As he said deliver me in thy righteousness and cause me to escape. Incline thine ear unto me and save me. This man's faith because he has seen the delivering hand of God time and time again. He knows that God has delivered him and so he knows that God will deliver him. You know you take a you take a chair. If you sit down in that chair and you sit in that chair time and time again and you know that chair has, has sustained you it has held you up then you know that you can continually sit down and it's almost automatic you'll sit down without ever thinking about it because you fully trust that chair. Well, I want to tell you, my friend, God is someone that you can fully trust. And face cry here is a cry of determination. It's a cry of deliverance. He says it again in verse number four, deliver me, oh my God, out of the hand of the wicked, out of the hand of the unrighteous and the cruel man. You see, this man does not go to other sources in life to find his, his deliverance, but he looks up and turns to God. And that's what God wants out of us. Face cry that we see faith has brought determination. It's brought deliverance and then it's brought a dependence. He's learned to depend upon God. Look at verse number 5. He said, For thou art my hope, O Lord God. Thou art my trust from my youth. This man says, from the time that I was a a young man, a young boy, he said, I put my trust in God and said, Lord, he said, you've been my only hope. You know, I have to say that. God has been my only hope. He's he's our only hope in this life. I think if you uh, journey back down through life, no matter if you're a middle-aged person or a young person or an elderly person, uh, you look back through life, you have to say the same thing, that every victory, every deliverance you've ever had has come through the Lord. It's been because of Him. It's not been because of ourselves. And so the psalmist here, his faith, his cry is God deliver me. His cry is God, I'm depending upon you in such an hour as we're living in today. 
We have to trust in God. We have to look to Him and know that God is able, and that not just that God is able, but that we can fully trust and depend upon Him. I think Christians should not be panicking like the world is. We ought to be wise. We ought to... We ought to make right decisions. We ought to be careful and prayerful. We shouldn't throw caution to the wind. And we certainly shouldn't make uh, foolish accusations that in a matter of days could, could, could bring a reproach back upon us. I think that we ought to just trust God and, and be careful. But at the same time, we, we have to come to the, to, to the, to the end of the, uh, the, uh, the end of ourself and realize that anything that happens, no matter what happens, God is in control of all things. I don't think Christians ought to be living in fear. I don't think we ought to be uh, wondering what's, what's going to happen. What are we going to do? We're going to do the, what we've always done, what we've always said we would do. And that's put our trust in God. Trust Him. And I see here face cry. Now's a good time to be crying out to God. Now's a good time to be saying, Oh God, we need you. Oh God, help us. Oh God, deliver us. God, we're depending upon you in this crisis. We're depending upon you to, to bring, uh, to help our homes, help our family, help our churches today. We want to, we want to, you to bring that deliverance in our life. We see face cry. Then secondly, I want you to notice in verse number seven, uh, down to verse number 14, we see face confession. You see what happens, this man not only cries out to God, but he confesses to God. He confesses to God his weakness, and he confesses to God his great ability. And I think today that's what we need to do. We need to see ourselves for who we are, and we need to see God for who he is. You and I can't do anything, but God can do everything. And I want you to notice the problem that he was finding in verse number 7. He said, I am as a wonder unto many. But thou art my strong refuge. In other words, he says, I can't find a, a resting place. I can't find a lodging place. He said, to many, I'm just wandering about. And I think about the songwriter where he said, this world is not my home. We're just a passing through. And certainly that is true. Uh, faith separates us from this world because we trust God and because we know God. We know today that, that life is not the same for us as it is for the world. We love life and enjoy life. And I'm sure that you would, would agree with me in the fact that we thank God for, for our home and our family, our health, our strength, the life that God has given us. But you know as well as I do, if you're saved, we just don't fit in this world. And that's the, that's the problem that he is finding here is that he doesn't fit in. He said, I am as a wanderer. Then I want you to notice the praise that he is formulating in verse number 8. He said, let my mouth be filled with thy praise. And with thy honor all the day. You know, as you go through this psalm, that's exactly what he does. The, the further you go into Psalms 71, the more you see the psalmist praising God. And may I say that he praise is formulating. He said, let my mouth be filled with thy praise and with thy honor all the day. You know, we shouldn't just praise God at church. We ought to praise Him every day of our life. We shouldn't just praise God when things are going well, but we ought to praise Him in the bad times as well as in the good times. Now is a time for us to, to exercise praise, to glorify God, not to be gloom and doom or, or be in despair, but to look up and say, Lord, we know that You're able to help us. We know that You're in control. And, and He's confessing this to God. He said, Lord, I want You to fill my mouth with praise. I want you to, to help me in this time. There's the, there's the praise that, is, that he is formulating. There is, the, there is also in verse number 10, there's the pressure that he's feeling. Look at verse number, or verse number 9. He said, Cast me not off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength faileth. You know, the psalmist is feeling the pressure. 
the pressure of the last mile of the way. You know, I heard an old preacher years ago say this. He said, the closer you get to the end, the more the battle intensifies. You know, in my mind, I thought the older you would get, the, the, the more that it would just kind of relax. But he said, he said, no, the battle intensifies that much more. The pressure, the devil turns the heat up. The world turns the heat up just before we exit out of here. And, he, and the psalmist is feeling that pressure. He knows God will not forsake him, but still, yeah, he cannot help the way that he feels. And he said, cast me not in the time of old age. He said, forsake me not when thy strength faileth. And then there's the persecution that he's facing in verse number 10. For mine enemies speak against me. And they that lay wait for my soul take counsel together saying God hath forsaken him persecute and take him for there is none to deliver him you know what's amazing about these two verses here is that here's an older man and that even in the older years of his life he still has enemies you know if you serve God and live for Jesus Christ you're going to have enemies in this life I don't want enemies I don't want to make enemies I realize that our enemy tonight's not flesh and blood but our enemy's the devil as a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. But at the same time, sometimes that, that form comes, uh, uh, that enemy comes uh, through the avenues of, of individuals in our life. And if you live for God, there's going to be people that's going to bring persecution. They're going to say things. They're going to turn against you. They're going to abandon you. They're going to walk away from you. But as the psalmist said here, it's really not about them. And the persecution that he was facing, he realized in the end, as an older man, it's not about all the enemies in life. Enemies come and enemies go. But there's one that remains. There's one that will stay faithful and true to the end. And that's God. And may I say this, this evening that when I think about the enemies of this life, whether it be the world, the flesh, or the devil, or whether it even be somebody else that may try to withstand, or maybe someone that may despise what you're, you're living for God and serving the Lord. When I think about all the enemies' life, they're going to come and go. They're all going to be defeated. But in the end, it's just me and God. It's just you and God. It's our relationship with the Lord. What matters in the end, friend, is our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, see, you're the persecution that he's facing. But I want you to notice something else in verse 12 and verse number 13. Notice the prayer that he's focused. The Bible says, O God, be not far from me. O my God, make haste for my help. Let them be confounded and consumed that are adversaries to my soul. Let them be covered with reproach and dishonor that seek my hurt. You know what he does in these verses here? He realizes that in spite of his feelings, in spite of his enemies... He focuses his prayer in the right direction. As he said, Oh God, be not far from me. Oh God, make haste for my help. You know, I think about as we serve God in this life, as we face circumstances or trials or whatever it is in life, we must keep our, our prayers focused in the right direction. Our prayer life can become a distraction within itself if you and I don't pray according to the will of God. Even in all of this uh, that's happening around our nation, I found myself praying this one prayer, Lord, thy will be done. I want to come back to church. I, I want to go things go back to normal. I want everything to be as it was before in the sense of the conveniences of life and, and the, the good things of life. But in my heart, I just find myself praying, Lord, thy will be done. 
God, if it takes a week, if it takes two weeks, or Lord, if it takes ten weeks to to shake our churches up and to wake our churches up and to get people to realize uh, what we've had and what preachers have said for so long could be very quickly taken away that we could lose that. Just a a couple of Sundays ago, I remember preaching and making that very statement that that what we have could be absent. It could be taken away. Our, Our church doors could be closed. Our pews could be empty. So many times we look at it in other areas, maybe in a church split or a church problem, but as we're seeing right now, that things are happening that, that we don't have the ability to come and worship the way that we used to. The way just a few weeks ago, I mean, we would have never phantom any of this. And so when you think about that, it, it causes me to direct my prayer, Lord, thy will be done. I, God, I, I don't want to see our churches closed. But God, whatever it takes to bring revival... Whatever it takes to, to wake us up, to get us to the place. And you say, well, preacher, America has a lot of problems. And America does have a lot of problems. America is a sinful nation. But I think God is more upset with the sinfulness of saints than He is the sinfulness of sinners. You see, it's easy to point a finger and say, well, I wish America would, would have revival. I wish people in this country would wake up. And I'm going to tell you something. People out there that don't know God, they're never going to wake up. Until people in our churches wake up. Brother, the problem today is not the lost man wandering the streets that's in darkness. The problem today is children of God that have light, that have have turned away from the light, and that are walking in darkness. That's the problem today. And as I think about that, I pray, oh God, thy will be done. Face cry, face confession. And then I, I say in verse number 14 throughout the rest of this chapter, we see face conviction. This is a man that, even though he's older, he's strong in his conviction. I want to tell you, the longer we serve God, we don't need to compromise. We need to be strong in our conviction. How is a person strong in conviction? Through faith. You see, if you don't really believe where you stand, you'll fold. But if you believe, if if your heart believes uh, the Word of God and the principles, there are things that that we believe that we know that they're not open for debate, they're not open for compromise. It doesn't matter how many people stop doing this or start doing something else or stop believing that. If you have faith, if you believe that in the Word of God and you believe that because it's in the Bible, then listen, uh, that faith puts conviction in you. Amen? It, It makes it strong and it makes you believe that. And here's a man that has conviction. I see that he looks to the past and in verse number in verse number 17 he says oh god thou hast taught me from my youth and hitherto will I declare thy wondrous works. He said, God, you've taught me some things from my youth that I just can't get away from. And can I tell you, that's what faith does. There are things that I don't believe them just because I've always believed them, but I believe them because I've always believed them from the Word of God. I believe the Bible, and the Bible builds conviction. And this man has conviction. He said, God, thou hast taught me from my youth. You have been my teacher. And I want to say, we have the Bible, and the Word of God teaches us the principles, and it teaches the doctrine, and those are things that that cannot be compromised. I think about my convictions and uh, that God has, has opened mine eyes to and your eyes to through the Word of God. Standards, those are things that cannot be compromised because they're in the Bible. They're in the Word of God. And faith makes them stronger. You know, there's things that we hear preached that we already know those things. We already believe those things. But it's good to hear them again and again and again. You know why? Because it strengthens that. It builds that faith. And we see here that he looks to the past. Uh, We also see that he looks to the future or to the present. Look what he said in verse number 18. Now 
also when I am old and gray-headed. He's talking about now, the present. O God, forsake me not until I have showed thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. You know, perhaps the things that we're facing right now is how that you and I will show our strength to this generation in a world that has gone mad and has been gone mad for a long time, but now we see that they're panicking. They're, they don't know what they're going to do. Now's the time to be firm. Now's the time to hold fast. Now's the time to, to be faithful. Now's the time to, to take that stand and, and stay true to God and His Word. And when I think about that, I see here that, that, uh, <clears throat> that, that the psalmist, he looks to the present. He said, God, I know you're not going to forsake me. He said, but I'm praying and I'm crying out to you. And I say, Lord, show me thy strength. He said, Lord, let me show thy strength unto this generation. And so he looks to the past. He looks to the present. And then he looks to the future in verse number 22. He said, I will also praise thee. He, he makes his mind up that this is what he's going to do. He's determined that because of faith, he said, I will also praise thee with a psaltery, even thy truth, O God. And he said, my lips, in verse 23, shall greatly rejoice when I sing unto thee. And my soul, which thou hast redeemed, my tongue also shall talk of all thy righteousness all the day long. I think about that phrase in verse 24, all the day long. As this man grows older, as he grows nearer, as he grows more ready, there's really one subject, there's really only one theme on his mind and his heart, and that's to glorify God. You know, I think about saints that I've watched in in the church down through the years, and I've watched their faithfulness. I've watched their faith, how that when trials would come in the walking years of their life, how that it stood tall and it stood strong, and, and as they grew closer to the end, there's really one thing on their mind, and that's Him. That's leaving this world. That's, that's seeing Jesus. Their faith is, is, is firm. Their conviction is strong. And, and there's no fear there because that they're ready to face God. You may be listening and say, well, preacher, I, I'm not at that point in my life. I, I still struggle with that. And we all struggle with faith to some degree. But you may be a young Christian or you may be someone that's been saved uh, 10 years or 15 years. And, and you say, preacher, I still, I still struggle in that area. But I want to tell you something, friend. The more you trust God, the more you learn to pray, the more you learn to learn to depend upon Him, the stronger that faith's going to get. You know, I think about in life, I think about, I think about Daniel. In Daniel chapter 1, Daniel was young and Daniel had faith. But when you get to Daniel chapter 10, Daniel is old. He's in his 90s. And Daniel has faith in chapter 10. But the Daniel in chapter 10 is not the same Daniel that you read about in Daniel chapter 1. Although Daniel in chapter 1 was a man of great faith, but the Daniel of chapter 10 is a man of even greater faith. He has seen more. He's experienced more. He's been through the lion's den. He's faced the, the trials and the troubles of life. And his body has grown weaker, but his spirit has grown stronger. And may I say to you, that's, that's exactly where the psalmist is, is in, this, in this psalm. He looks back to his youth. He looks at his present. But he looks to his future. And you know what his future causes him to do? It doesn't cause him to be sad. It causes him to sing. In verse number 22, on throughout the rest of this chapter, he's singing. 
He's praising. You know, that's how the children of God leave this world. We leave this world with a song. We leave this world looking over this horizon to another horizon, to a better day that's coming, a land that is fairer than day. It's not going to be very long. We're all going to get out of here and see Jesus. We're all going to meet Him. But until then, as the songwriter said, I'll just go on singing. I'll just go on praising. I'll just go on magnifying God. When I've come the last mile of the way, I don't know when that's going to be, but whenever it is, I'll tell you how I want to leave this world. I want to leave this world firm in faith, singing and praising God and glorifying Him. Father, I pray that you'll take this message now use it. God, I pray that you'll help us all to be stronger in faith. Lord, my concern as a pastor for our people is that, God, through these days that we don't lose heart, that during these days that, Lord, we don't backslide, that we don't drift, that we don't get so caught up in the things of this world because of the absence of church. Lord, I pray that that our people will spend more time in prayer, more time in the Word of God, more time uh, listening to preaching. And and Lord, I pray that they'll pull away from the things of this world, the the devices and the television and anything, God, that would would be a distraction to them. I pray, God, that you'll you'll help us, Lord, to, to be strong. And Lord, when we see others that that may not have faith, help us to be an encouragement. Help them. Help us to be a testimony, uh, Lord, to them that our faith is in God and that we can depend upon Him, that we can trust Him, and that He will deliver us. Father, for what You do, we'll thank You and we'll praise You in Jesus' name. Amen.